Hello, Swanee's family and friends, and welcome back to the Keep Honking podcast for episode three. Episodes one and two have been getting some great feedback. The podcast is now available on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Podchaser. So make sure you subscribe to get all the upcoming episodes. It's also obviously at www.thevietnamswans.com, which is also where you can keep up to date with all the latest and greatest happening with the Swannies. Today, we've got our dynamic duo from episodes one and two running the show. That's myself, Billy Krang, and our legendary coach, Rod Rocket White. Welcome back to the podcast, Rocket. Great to be back, Billy. And about time we've got some interesting people on this uh, podcast to speak to instead of us two boring old farts. Exactly right. And then- our, ge- our guest for, for episode three, we've definitely taken it to a new level in just about every aspect. Not only is this man clearly one of the very best players to ever wear a Swanee's jumper, but he's also an online heartthrob and travel influencer. A fitness guru, all-round great bloke. Please welcome for episode three, live from our Singapore studio, Mitch Hyde. Hey guys, thanks for having us on board. Very, very exciting, Mitch. Firstly, how has the, uh, the lockdown period been? in Singapore. Uh, thanks, Bill. Uh, yeah, look, Singapore's taken a pretty conservative approach. So uh, we've been locked inside uh, doing the right thing uh, by everybody here, but uh, we're in phase two now. So things are slowly starting to take shape and uh, life is, as we know it is slowly returning to normal. Good to hear. Okay, so you're an absolutely rabid Eagles fan, yet you tell me you're from the sunny coast. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about your, your growing up, your family, and, and explain a few of these things? Uh, yeah, I can see how that wouldn't make too much sense. Uh, but pretty much uh, born in the mid-80s in uh, rural mining towns in uh, WA. Our family were all in the mines. Uh, so there was only AFL and cricket to play. And uh, West Coast Eagles has been my team since I was born. Um, Lived in Karatha, Kalgoorlie, all the rural places. Moved to Perth. And then uh, for high school, I got accepted into a sports college over in Brisbane uh, to play rugby. Uh, hence the move over to, to Queensland. Right. Yeah, Mitch, I can't help. Obviously, I have, it's a visual podcast for us three lunatics. But <laughs> just when you talked about the mines, mate. Now, I'm looking at you right now. It looks like you just come out of the mines with that beard you've got going on there and the head pulled back. So is there any reason behind the, the, the beard? Is that just pure lockdown laziness or what the hell is going on with that thing? Uh, yeah, you, you've certainly hit the nail on the head. This is, uh, this is lockdown. Not many chances I can grow, the, grow the, the excuse for a beard. So I'm giving it a good crack right now. <laughs> it is definitely getting some decent growth too on there, my friend. <laughs> it is a beauty. Now, now, Billy, you and I have had a couple of chats previously. Mitch, and have talked about your, your footy background. Um, and obviously you had a, um, a, bit of a, a bit of a different journey, uh, so to speak, in terms of your, your career. But um, in terms of uh, your early days, I guess, in sport in general, because of that background we've talked about, 
can you give us a bit of an overview of, um, I guess, as I say, it wasn't all about AFL for you, let's say that. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a really good question, Rocket. Uh, so being in WA, um, so I obviously had the AFL influence and, and uh, you know, the first fields that I was playing on, it was the no shoes, red dirt, up where all the iron ore was. So, so literally how you, how you could imagine nice. it. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's nice. what it was. Um, uh, but my uh, my old man um, is from Queensland and he always played rugby league. So was, during the winter, I was playing AFL on uh, so rugby on Saturdays and AFL on Sundays. So um, I was lucky to sort of get scouted and uh, to play rugby over in Queensland uh, as a junior. Yeah, right. Okay. And then in terms of when you, when you did move to Queensland or when, when you grew up in Queensland, the, you, you had a let's say, an opportunity instead of, let's say, uh, the potential to turn pro? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, sort of the way it all turned out was uh, I sort of switched off AFL for a little bit um, because the school that I was at was a rugby college and yeah. and there was no other option other to play and it wasn't until I started getting back into senior, uh, senior schooling where AFL sort of came knocking and I went back down to uh, Zulmier Eagles Football Club, which was right near school. And um, the, the wheels started pretty turning, uh, pretty quickly turning uh, footy-wise. And before I knew it, I was in the state uh, 18 side and uh, the Zulmia Eagles um, uh, senior side playing against, uh, playing with AFL guys, ex-AFL guys. Yeah, right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. My, my first memory of you, Mitch, was in, was in a hotel lift of all places, in the Philippines of all places. Now, I think Keezy had um, given us Swannies a bit of a heads up that a decent player from China was, uh, was moving to teach in Saigon. So we saw this, this uh, very solid bloke in, in the lift with his China Reds uniform on and we started whispering amongst ourselves, maybe me and Dave O'Shea, could this be him? And uh, you turned around and said, um, yeah, that's, that's me, boys. I'll, um, uh, I think you were already living in Saigon at the time. Can you remember that? Uh, yeah, Billy, extremely uh, vividly. It was. Um, <laughs> I remember because I, I, I was. Uh, I was playing my last game for China for the China Reds, and uh, I think it was that was the 2013 Asia, uh, Asian Champs in the uh, Philippines, and uh, yeah. I went down there by myself. So, and uh, the first people I saw out of the airport was a whole bunch of Swannies. I can safely and, uh, say I've um, I've never watched China Reds games. Until that day, and since that day. <laughs> oh, if there's any consolation, mate, we got smashed in every four. I don't think there was any even divisions back then. So we were playing That's against right. some like some real top choice teams against guys who had never even seen a, a red football before. So it was a, it was a tough day out. <laughs> so, Mitch, what dragged you? What dragged you out of Australia in terms of the first, you know, your your first. Visit, I guess, to live abroad. What, what what was the initial dragging point for you to get you out of uh, out of Oz? Uh, well, I was fortunate enough to, while I was playing football fairly seriously, um, also complete my uh, teaching degree. Uh, so I started teaching on the sunny coast while I was playing for one of the AFL Queensland teams, Calandra up there, and uh, literally, I was uh, I was pretty happy with where I was at, but I sort of wanted to keep pushing and keep push the boundaries a little bit, so. I thought I'd go and teach overseas for a bit, just give it two years and uh, come back home with a bit of cash in the pocket because they, you know, they look after the teachers on the international circuit. 
Yeah. Uh, and China was uh, where I ended up. Okay. And just what, what's your what's your specialty? What's your teaching specialty? Is it uh, is it home home economics or or you know I don't know what else maybe uh, uh, woodwork or something? I don't know what, what would it be. I can see where you get that the, the woodwork and home ec from, but uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much unsurprisingly, it was uh, physical education and geography are my two majors. So that's what I was uh, teaching when I was out. Yeah, right. Okay, and so therefore, so you moved to China. So we're just trying to trace your steps from leaving Oz. So we'll get to we'll get to not sort of much not where you've travelled, where you have travelled. So we'll touch on that later on. But where have you actually lived abroad when you when you've moved? Where um, obviously. China, obviously, and Vietnam for a bit. Where else have you sort of zigzagged, zigzagged across the world? Uh, yeah, so yeah, China and Vietnam were the first two places. Uh, and then we sort of ventured out a little bit further to the Middle East and spent uh, three and a half to four years-ish uh, in Dubai. And uh, now settling back here in Singapore. So for the last, that's been the, the last two places I've, uh, I've been living and, and uh, playing football there too. And teaching-wise, but. So I was teaching in China, teaching in Vietnam, and then another interest, other, well, I should say two other interests in the Middle East and now Singapore. One being, uh, yeah. a, one being a very fine female and another being another business venture. Uh, that's exactly right. And I reckon we'll touch on the other stuff later. But um, in Dubai, I was still doing a bit, of, a bit of teaching. I did teach for two years there. And I sort of got a little bit uh, disillusioned uh, with what's going on and I uh, wanted to put some faith into my own hands and that sort of let me down this path where I am now. Yeah, how long did you stay in China for? Uh, I did, did a full two-year contract. Full two, and, and Vietnam? Uh, full two-year contract as well. Usually on the teaching thing, that's, that's the usual number. You can extend them if you want. Yeah, right, okay. Okay, very good. On to the swans uh, for a bit. And um, straight off the bat, I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, I'm claiming that that you would be the best Swans player to never win a best and fairest. What what do you make of that claim? Oh, all right. I see what you've done here, Billy. Um, yeah, oh, look, that's a good question. I reckon there's been some pretty damn good footy players come through the Swannies. Um, oh, per, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm filthy. I didn't win one. Uh, I think that was I, my next question. <laughs> I really wish I did. I really did. I mustn't have done enough. Um, so um, not to take any credit away from anybody, I couldn't, I couldn't tell anyone that I want that medal. Um, they all deserve it equally. But uh, it's one of my actual football regrets, to be 100% honest, um, giving so much to footy club. And um, I wasn't able to uh, show my best all the time. So it's something I can, uh, yeah. Don't make it a regret yet, Mitch. There's still plenty of time, my friend. And the Vietnam Swan still exists. And Singapore is only what, 70 minutes by air. So I wouldn't be, you know, there is still hope. And you're only a young spring chicken, right? What are you, you know, mid, mid-30s. So, yeah, look, you know, plenty of time, mate. Plenty of time. Uh, that, that, yeah, look, I'm, I'm always looking forward. I think uh, I've still got a couple of games with the Swannies uh, left in the tank anyway. Uh, but um, I don't know, like, you, you got to tell me, Billy, like, when you talk about people who haven't won it before, did, did Keezy win a BNF? Oh, nice. that's a nice little nice. throwback question. No, he didn't win one, no. Um, did Dorsey win? Nope. There's a couple of guys. Did, um, did Tommy Doer? No, don't think so. No. I mean, there's, there's three absolute 
yeah. superstars from the Swannies right there. So that, yep. um, that if you put me in the same conversation with them, I'm I'm absolutely flattered. They're they're, they're absolutely freak shows. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll stick by that. You've, um, I think, yeah, you. Uh, in another set of circumstances, you would have won one in a canter. But um, yeah, even there's, I'm not saying there's there's not plenty of blokes that. Um, I'm not saying that it's poor company, but but I'm putting you there. <laughs> oh, poor company. Geez, I hope they pick up on this podcast. Let's see. There should be some feedback coming. Some definite feedback. And I'm surprised, Mitch, you mentioned Tommy Dewar and Keezy. He didn't happen to throw in the, the Bill Crang in there by any chance. See, I don't think Bill's <laughs> won one either. But uh, yeah, I'll have you, Bill. I, I don't, I don't, my recollection is no, but I'm happy to be stand corrected if that's the case. I think I've polled in a game. Yeah, you're definitely polled. Yeah, yeah you're definitely polled uh, off field. <laughs> to be fair, I reckon our backs get a pretty rough run when it comes to the votes. Um, I reckon you guys back in your peak, Billy, a couple of years back, you and Vaughan, and I reckon you guys do your job. We make it uh, pretty easy for everybody else, and I would have given you some votes. Thanks for that. <laughs> in the back end of the field, not the front, but you keep trying to stick his freaking nose into the front end. <laughs> So, so, mate, just saying with the Swans topic, you know, I think, as you say, you have been involved for a few years. So, and I think it is, there's a few highlights as part of your time uh, playing with the Swans boys. So, could you name a couple of those highlights that are some more memorable than others? And I know we should be talking specifically on field here, but I'm happy to also hear a couple of off field stories as well that might be memorable, which are free to discuss and not drop but too many blokes in the uh, in, in a shitter, so to speak. Yeah, we'll keep some blokes out of the deep end. That's um, uh, we've got plenty of those stories. But um, oh no, when you, there's some, some pretty amazing moments over the last um, well since 2013, only you know, seven seven years. Wow, seven been, years, yeah. That I've been uh, really blessed to be part of. Um, I think the first one that sticks out is um, that 2015 Manila Cup. Uh, just the way we won that and uh, beating Hong Kong in a semi-final uh, and then with the Filipino strong crowd um, winning by one point uh, that's something that pretty much that would that definitely sticks with me um, is one of the main ones and of course uh, Asian champs uh, 2019 I was uh, fortunate enough to be part of that um, uh, that event and uh, we ended up winning that in the canter, which is uh, which is really positive for the Swannies and hopefully it leads to bigger and better things as well. Yeah, good times. Good times. Um, so while you were in Saigon, not so much with the Swannies, but you also met your uh, your partner in crime, uh, Toy Me. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, well, I just, uh, you know, um, really good expat culture in Saigon. So everyone sort of gets together and there's a whole ton of different sports. And uh, the way we sort of met was uh, at a sports bar and all the teams, like they were playing hockey, uh, her mob, and all the footy guys were having a beer and I think it was a district two somewhere. And, and uh, yeah, you, you play sport, I play sport, let's hang out. Yeah. As simple as that. So, as simple as that. That's how love is, Bill. It's got nothing to do with the ANZ Bank and giving them a whack on the way through either. Sports bar. Sure Sports bar sounds like a far more uh, pleasant, pleasant place to meet. Um, you've had your fair share of injuries. Now, I can remember, I think, your first ever Indochina Cup tearing your, was it your hamstring? Straight off the bone? Needed to get it sewn uh, back on? 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was the quad. It was the yeah, it was the front one um, ripped completely off the bone. Yeah. That was that was at the end of the first game after absolutely dominating. I think it was the Cambodian Eagles in that game. And uh, one of my regrets to this day is still um, coming up to you for the second game and saying, "Come on, mate, you sh- you'll be able to get out there again." And you actually had a crack. Um, <laughs> finding out later on about the actual diagnosis, I felt absolutely terrible. Uh, for that, but what what other injuries have you had, and um, how are some of the rehabs through through those, I guess, traumas? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I've probably um, been pretty uh, pretty knowledgeable with injuries now, and and how to deal with them and how to diagnose it. So if anyone's got any problems, come have a chat to me first. I've probably had it, but um, yeah, I, that, I remember that very well, Billy. And you were trying to get me out there, and. Uh, I remember um, getting the trainer to rub deep heat all over the, the muscle to try and loosen it up to run out there. And uh, turns out... Qualified, thing... qualified trainer, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I think it was one of the local Cambodians from the, from the local war, war hospital or something. It wasn't, it wasn't anything special, but we rubbed about half a litre of deep heat um, tiger balm on it to try and get me out there and it was ripped totally off the bone. So, yeah. Now, I had a few injuries. Um, Tore, you know, a torn ACL um, just a couple of years back. Um, shoulder, um, torn labrum, uh, elbow ligament snapped, toe ligament snapped. Uh, yeah, had a pretty pretty rough run, to be fair. Um, amongst that time, you also became the, the personal trainer to some of the Swannies. Um, incredible physical specimens, including but not limited to uh, Gus, Trenta, myself, Timmy C on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday night in the, in the AIS gym. Uh, how did you find, how did you find those, uh, those days back then training us? Uh, you know, what? I, I really, um, I honestly believe they were really defining for the Vietnam swans <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of sort of how we wanted to be seen. Uh, we're sort of a bit, a bit of a crossroads, I feel, Billy. And you can, I don't know if you can collaborate or, or, or disagree 100%. with me, but, um, but we were sort of like, are we going to be a social club or are we going to play and try and, get, try and get the W every time we step out there? Um, so once we sort of pivoted to that, all right, we're actually going to try and be a successful club on and off the field um, and then offering, being able to offer those things and having the, you know, the AIS there to, to have the gym and get you guys down there, that was, for me, that was... Uh, me trying to do my part to get us uh, each and every one of us better. So I, I loved every minute of it. It's sort of, um, I got to put my expertise and, and help you, uh, you guys and help myself out. So I loved it. I need you to come back. The lockdown's been a bit harsh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did make a mention about Bill's chins. He's actually coping with, he's got a little family underneath his chin there at the moment. So a couple of extra ones that he's grown in a small couple of weeks there. So that's all good. He can, he can, she can trim that off pretty quick, Bill. Just get off those winking seal beers, I think. It's, yeah. Well, actually, no, don't get off them. Just keep on <laughs> them. But just, yeah, share a few of them out. Now, um, Mitch, surely in those days, who was a prolific trainer on a serious note when you were at that and you're doing those workouts? Did you actually have someone who was actually prolific? Now, and I know this is going to sound ironic to say this, but Trent Davies in the day, he, like not in my day, but maybe in your day, seemed a little bit athletic. He's gone to the, he's sort of gone to the wall a bit now. But back in the day, I think he might have been all right. 
I must have just missed that as well. I didn't quite get that peak. It must have just been before I was there back in the uh, end of the 2000s or something. But uh, no, look, Trenner, he always had bad ankles. He always, he's always, when he was out in the field, he gave you everything. But uh, yeah. the ankles sort of let him down a little bit, the, uh, uh, the poor fella. So, um, yeah, he's a, uh, but you know what? He always showed up uh, most, you know, every Tuesday when he wasn't at a bar somewhere. He was uh, always showing up and training really hard. I've got to give it to him there. Yeah, right, okay. It sounds a bit like Uncle Gus at the moment, too. <laughs> um, now, and I didn't know, I just, this is something I've just learned. So, 2013, your first rollout with the Swans. So, that's the sort of six years. So, and I know you haven't been there fluently the entire time, but you certainly would have seen some handy types come through and play alongside you. Um, one or two that spring to mind to were blokes that were. You know, you mentioned a couple of fellas earlier that should have maybe won a, a BNF or two. But um, who would you say, say, one or two guys that really stood out in terms of wearing the, the Vietnam Swans jumper? Oh, mate, that's a, that's a loaded question. That's pretty damn good. And uh, I've just, yeah, now that you've said it, uh, the one player that I think the, the best player that I've seen in a Swans jersey, I mean, other than Libba, um, <laughs> Other than him, but uh, I would yeah, say, I would say a prime Josh Leary. Yeah. Ah, yes. A yeah. prime Josh Leary. For you guys who don't know Josh, uh, I think he's uh, with the Malaysian mob now. But uh, before he was uh, an old wreck, uh, he was unstoppable in the ruck and down forward. Um, one of the best footy players I've played with in Asia, for sure. Yeah. yeah well, thankfully he's not in Malaysia anymore. He's back in Melbourne. So we don't have to front up against him anymore in recent times. But yeah, no, he, he, he definitely could move very well, Josh. Yeah, and Billy, I'm sure that you've seen, like you, you got to watch, you had a prime seat watching Josh uh, tap right. in the ruck to wherever he wanted it. And then he yeah. just creeped down forward and kicked a handful of goals. Just yeah. As as like. And uh, at the same time, always been back in the hole as well. So as a full back, you just watch, you know, that they get a turnover and you just know where he's going to pop up right where they're going to. Just just reads the play incredibly. Yeah. I mean, I could probably have a conversation for days. Josh Leary amongst amongst many. Yep. Uh, we've, we've, in the last decade, we've had some amazing footballers come through. That is absolutely first class, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, Billy Rocket, yourselves included. <laughs> that's right. Oh, no, um, no. That, that's a very long list, obviously, if you're throwing <laughs> Billy in there. That's a very long list. <laughs> Um, so, aside from the Swannies, what other uh, international clubs have you played for while you've been out of Australia? Uh, all right, yeah. So, I started off playing for the China, uh, the China international side. I also played for the Shanghai side in the in the um, the competition, the, the Beijing v Shanghai guys, the Shanghai Tigers. Shanghai Tigers, yes, yeah. my first uh, international jersey, that one. Um, also, I played Vietnam. I also played um, a series of games for Hong Kong mm. uh, in, in America. Um, <laughs> they, invited, they invited me over as part of their international tour. I think I was just a tag along. Just wanted someone to come and play some footy. And we ended up playing uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the Western tournament. And uh, honestly, there was some of the, they made us look like schoolboys. We, uh, we, were, we were outclassed on every single level. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Sounds like Papua New Guinea all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much, they had, they had a guy on the ruck who was like 6'9", like pretty much did what Nick Nat did. He got tired after two minutes and then a guy came off the bench doing the exact same thing. 
and let's roll these guys through thirds of quarters and you just couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, right. And obviously you were pretty talented as well by the sounds of that. Yeah, just really good athletes. And then each team had one or two good Aussie uh, running on ballers who just duck out the back, get the hands, deliver it to the six foot 10 guy sitting in the goal square. Yeah. And, uh, and rinse and repeat. So once they start to understand footy a bit more, it'll be, it'll be mm. pretty handy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah. so I mean, also uh, Dubai Dingoes as well. When yeah. I was over in Dubai, I played for, played for the Dingoes in the tournament over there, in the, in the series over there. Um, we probably weren't the best team over there, but um, gave it a crack. <laughs> how, many um, teams over, how many teams were over there, like in terms of like that, that comp? Uh, well, at some at one stage we had Bahrain, we had Doha, um, Abu Dhabi, and three Dubai teams. Yeah, right. And all obviously the sprinkle of Australians all throughout that, I guess. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Majority of them with two teams, and they absolutely dominated. The rest of us were just bits and pieces teams, getting some Irish, some Americans, anyone who wants to come down and have a beer, pretty much. Yeah, nice. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Now, mate, changing gears here, and this is probably more into my wheelhouse. Uh, oh, no, probably Bill's as well, given what he does now, but certainly my, my wheelhouse around sort of marketing, et cetera. And um, I've come to uh, understand your business, your, your, you and your wonderful partner's business. And as, as Bill keeps telling me, you're now Insta, Insta famous, Instagram famous. Uh, through through that your uh, company you're running there called Travel Factory. Um, now, who's a couple of questions on this, and so this this could be a lengthy answer, but I'm open for that, and we'll just keep firing questions. But whose idea was it? Uh, number one, and then the idea to I guess how have you actually expanded the business, and and I guess also. Um, how do you keep generating ideas and content and growing this thing? This is like, as I say, you know, it actually looks, it's quite successful. And I'll tell you what, and just the last thing more so for me is just tell me about some of the perks. I'll apologise first. I put Travel Factory in the notes. It's Adventure Factory uh, focused on, on travel. Over to you, Mitch. Oh, shit, Bill. My bad. <laughs> no, that's all right. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, lots of questions there. Well, let's get started at the top. So uh, pretty much, um, I mean, as soon as uh, me and uh, Tweemy met, we said, all right, let's just go and travel. Um, we believe, we both sort of said, well, travel, really, you sort of see the real person when you see them in a, in a place they're not familiar with, under stress, you really see the real people start to shine. Um, so that's one of the first things that we did as a couple. And, and uh, traveling and being in a, a cool travel hub like Ho Chi Minh, we started getting a, um, a ton of questions. Instead of answering all those questions all the time, we said, let's just get this stuff down on paper. Um, so, well, on paper on the internet. So we said, oh, let's start writing up a bit of a platform. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that Twimmy can take a picture pretty good. Um, She's quite creative, like, that's for sure, having seen the, uh, having seen the, back, the backlog of pictures now. <laughs> yeah, when I say pretty good, she's uh, she's exceptional. So I mean, so having that visual platform as well as the writing, we started to be able to provide information and uh, suddenly we're having more and more readers and that sort of turned into um, companies uh, speaking to us saying, hey, we like what you do. Can you do the same here? And uh, uh, then it sort of got to hotels and the things that we're passionate about, which, which is uh, travel. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, you're like most things you do when you start it up, you do it off your own bat first, you pay your own way, you know, create good content. And once that stuff starts getting noticed, then you, uh, then that's when people start inviting you places. And when you start talking about perks, Rocket, that's when, um, you know, that's when you can start to exchange your work uh, for, for things like that. So that's sort of where it sort of led to now, uh, our passion of travel and wanting yeah. to document it. Um, I'll, I'll admit, I, I, I love the writing part, but I wasn't really good at the photography. Um, so yeah. that's, taken, that's taken me a while to, to get a hang of it and get better at. But um, yeah, here we are now, five and a half years um, starting the company and, and we're flying and we work with tourism boards and hotels all over the world. So yeah, very happy with where we're at at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, 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 as I say, it's amazing to see, you know, obviously you guys come over here and, and plot it up here in Taiwan for a few days. Um, and then I got a chance to have a chat between me and more in detail about the business. And it was quite fascinating to understand the approach and the business model you've got uh, and, to, and to understand how that works. What I do love was your initial comment there when you said, well, let's put this relationship to the test go traveling for five years with your partner and see how this all goes. Now tell me, there's got to be some good, some doghouse stories from somewhere where you get on each other's nerves. How much time do you have? We've only got like an hour for this thing, right? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mate, I've got, I've got dozens of those stories, but the one that sticks out uh, to mine is that we're in the middle of, um, we're in the middle of Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula, rented a car and I just thought it'd be a good place to put up the drone and, I put the drone straight up and suddenly a gust of wind has come and um, I wonder, I was just so keen to get the shot because you had, you had the 2000 year old, um, you know, Chichen Itza, the civilization pyramid along the road. It was this beautiful top shot. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, I just wanted to get the thing up. So I didn't turn the GPS on, just straight up, snap, come back down. And uh, the wind just took the drone, just gone. Oh, shit. And um, trying to break that news to, to her. Um, by the way, she was saying to me, I don't think we should put the drone up here. I don't, I don't want to do it. But it was, it was instant karma on, on me. And, um, oh boy, um, did I cop it. Whew. Oh, I love it. I love the old, I told you so moment. Yeah. It was that literal, uh, instant karma moment. And, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, a pretty, uh, unpleasant 24 hours. You can say that. Um, I, I take, I take my hat off to be able to travel with your partner for five and a half years. And now be locked up with her for the last three months in Singapore and in a shoebox. Yeah, no, I'll take my hat off. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. You're like, you know, I think if you just let them, you let your, your girlfriend or partner have the right of way, I think everything usually ends up pretty good. I'll put you both in separate rooms when you come back to Taipei just to help you out. That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so just, just to, to cover that, jump on Adventure Factory on Instagram. Facebook, uh, the website, check it out. Uh, you can go back through those backlogs for hours. The travel, the travel you guys have done is just absolutely incredible. There's nobody else I know that's, um, that's, that's led adventures, anything like that stuff. Absolutely amazing stuff. So anyone out there, if you haven't seen it already, you, you will be absolutely gobsnacked. And um, you've now, I'm, I'm going to say settled down, but I would only say that in relation to you and, and, between me and um, uh, impeccable timing, but you've you've opened a gym in Singapore with another one of our our Swannies legends, uh, Josh Littlehead Lee. Um, can you tell us a bit about that venture? 
Uh, yes, the little head, um, or as he likes to be known as the, the big dog. Um, <laughs> yes, an ex-prez, Josh Lee. Uh, really sort of uh, this opportunity came out of uh, out of uh, left field for us. We we're both studying um, at RMIT in Vietnam, actually our executive MBAs. And we we're just both a little bit uh, disillusioned with sort of way things were going in our lives, working for somebody, and we wanted to change that. Um, so we invested in something that we're passionate about and, and made sense. Uh, and this opportunity came up and we both scouted it, you know, spent a couple of months getting it right. And then we decided to uh, go head first into buying a, a boxing gym and uh, fast forward six months. And that's exactly where we are. And that's exactly why we're in Singapore right now. So how can people in Singapore find the gym and, and get down and get into shape? Uh, yes, yeah, one thing, if you come to the gym, you definitely will be getting in shape. Uh, so yeah, we're Spartans boxing club and uh, there's a few franchises running around that we're all uh, we're all very we're very small franchise very close uh, but I'll be at a Serengoon Gardens outlet so if you're ever in town any one of the Swannies uh, come and do come and get some boxing done it's uh, it's on the house for you boys we look after our own so it'd be good to have some of you guys down that's great I might do a pre-season camp over there get all the boys across to Singapore for a weekend no beer just straight on the buddy it's too expensive to drink beer in Singapore anyway that's right. Now, I guess the question raises itself then, Mitch, my friend, is, is, is how the hell are you going to have the Spartans boxing gym going on and continuing this globe-trotting lifestyle? Oh, mate, that's a, that's a point of conjecture in uh, this household and uh, with everything that's going on at the moment. So I think I've been helped, if, if, if you can, helped by the fact that we've had to stay at home for the last three three months or so at least. Um, there hasn't been any excuses to travel, but once those uh, once those uh, planes get back in the air from Singapore, um, I mean Singapore's a travel hub, so yeah. I might be able to do probably do any full time travel for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but there's a ton, there's a literally five kilometres off the coast of Singapore, and you've got Indonesian islands. Malaysia's yeah. a twenty minute drive. Uh, there's plenty to see around Asia and uh, get the bet and and surf spots everywhere. So I can I can. Uh, Still sneak away for cheeky long weekends and have a bit of a surf somewhere. So and, no problem. Teaching, teaching, definitely. That the books have been shelved, or is there any chance that you can get back to that that initial uh, forte? I'll tell you what. With um, how expensive uh, kids' school fees are, <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're you know fifty k plus yeah. a kid. So uh, jumping back in as a teacher, you actually get your kids in uh, in some schools. For free, really. Um, so it's pretty much slapping on 100k to your salary. So, so I'm not, I'm not going to definitely not going to write it off. It's, uh, it's still a very good gig, and you get what uh, 12 weeks paid holiday a year. So, yeah, still, still a lot of perks to totally write it off. But uh, for the time being, I'll stick to the uh, boxing gym and travel. Yeah. Well, more importantly, there, you just said if you've got kids, actually, you get them at a discount rate. Is there anything that we should know? <laughs> I'll try as soon as I know, you know. Tomorrow. <laughs> Very good. On to, on to my favourite part of the podcast now, the, the Swanee Super 6, where you get to uh, call out a few of your, your teammates and throw a couple under the bus. Um, so all this is is some simple, simple word association. I'll throw the words at you and you can uh, let us know which Swanee you think uh, comes to mind when you hear that word. Um, so, so the first, first cab off the rank, funny. Funny. Um, I'd say uh, Trent Davies or Jake Djokovic. 
Fair enough. Uh, angry. Oh, yeah, I think I don't know. Uh, Timmy C or Timmy P? <laughs> uh, or, or, Nathan, or Nathan Milner once he crosses the, the boundary line. Yeah, true. Yeah. And that, that is good, true. Left field, he's like, I like that. Yeah. Who's, who's the best dressed, Swanee? Oh, and these are curveballs. Uh, I tell you what, Jakey Norris wearing thongs and hoodies everywhere is pretty fashionable. Uh, but you've got to give it—you've got to give it to Hollywood, uh, Mr. Josh Daly, yep. Mr. Melbourne himself. He's always—he's always dressed to impress that guy. So I'd go him. Uh, lazy. Oh, lazy. Oh. Oh, reckon Rocket be up there? Mate, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit, Batman. Okay, I'll cop that. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll take that as a badge of honour. No, probably um, Dan Morrison. If you guys remember Dan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would, he, oh, he, yeah, I know Dan. He would do anything not to do a warm-up lap or just, <laughs> I just, just part, totally part of his nature. And that's why I loved him, yeah. Yep. Uh, the coach's pet. I reckon Gus gets the rub of the green a fair bit. Yeah, it's a good call too. I yeah, I reckon uh, he's just slipping a couple of couple of dong under the table for sure. I think I said the same. Uh, and <laughs> uh, annoying, who gets under your skin? Annoying. Oh, none of you guys are annoying uh, at all. That's a good question. No, uh, look, anyone who'd be annoying... Uh, I say Jakey Norris because all he does is post about Liverpool uh, FC all the time. So oh, hasn't, that, that, hasn't, hasn't that just got worse? Oh, mate. It's, um, yeah, I mean, he posts every day and now they've won something. So, for the first time in 30 years. So, we'll never hear the end of it now. Yeah, no, nah, if any consolation, mate, I chose Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fair play to it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you'd want to find the, the mute function on your Facebook for the next couple of months, I'd say, around around Jakey, especially until until we're back up and playing footy. Yeah, day 713 or whatever he's up to of his Liverpool count, yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that's all we've got time for today. We've only scratched the surface on, um, on some of the things you've been doing. Uh, but anyone, I think, will get a chance to see you in a Swanee's jumper a few more times um, and around the club from time to time. And of course, anyone who is traveling through Singapore, get down to the gym, do a session, uh, get a good sweat up. You, you won't regret it. And you're right that, that, uh, that fitness work that we did do back in the AIS gym back in the years did, did bring about some of the biggest successes our clubs ever had, uh, which, which I'll always be, be grateful for. So thanks a lot for your time, Mitch. Um, Good luck with the gym now coming out of the pandemic, getting to properly ramp things up and good luck uh, getting back into the travel when, when that permits itself. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks so much for having us, guys. And uh, I can't wait to get back on a plane and, uh, and put the uh, Swannies jersey on and wear it with pride. Good on you, Mitchie. Thank cheers, you, Rocket. Boys. Thank you, Rocket, for your uh, colourful co-hosting duties. And uh, thank you to everybody for, for listening to the podcast. Thanks to Mitch and thanks to our incredible 2020 sponsors. The Vietnam Swans can only do the amazing things we do on and off the field with the support of these guys. So if you get a chance, please get behind these businesses.
Our 2020 major sponsors are Wide Eye Tours, the best Indochina specialized travel agents, Vietnam Backpacker Hostels, the most amazing budget accommodation throughout the country, Alfresco's Group, the best Western food with locations in every major city in Vietnam, Beachside Boutique Resort, an absolute paradise on Anbang Beach in Hoi An, and two new 2020 sponsors, HMS Host International, who manage hospitality chains like Burger King throughout the region, and TAL Apparel. Big Jimmy and the team produce the best apparel in the market using the latest technologies, incredible fabric innovations. Like I said, check each of these sponsors out. If you get a chance, you won't be disappointed. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. We're now across most of the major podcast apps and uh, stay safe wherever you are. Keep honking your horn and let's make sure we're singing this song as soon as possible. Mm-hmm.